Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast about living an awake, aware, conscious life. It's about recognizing that our lives are a product of the choices that we make, and the ripple effects of those choices impact our families, our communities, and the world. So let's choose wisely. If it helps to evolve us as individuals, then we will likely cover it at some point on this podcast. Because, after all, we are always evolving, and in all ways. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. Today, I want to talk about intuition and 10 ways that you can strengthen and cultivate your intuition. Now, we all know what intuition is. We at least have a sense of what intuition is. It's that, that sense you get in your body sometimes when you just know something. You just know what's going to happen. Or you maybe have an image in your mind of how something is going to play out. We all have that gut-level knowing that has occurred to us from time to time. I've always been an extremely intuitive person. But the truth is, everybody has an intuitive sense. It's just more cultivated in some people than in others. It doesn't mean it can't be cultivated in everybody. It's just a matter of understanding what intuition is, how it works, and ways that we can strengthen that part of ourselves. So today, I want to talk about 10 ways to strengthen your intuition. The first is to practice deep listening. I'm a communication graduate and in my yoga teacher trainings and in my life coach trainings, I'm always teaching communication skills. And the first one we start with is listening. How to be a deep listener. But in addition to learning how to listen to other people, practicing deep listening means learning how to listen to ourselves, our own internal dialogue, our own inner sense of things, but also practicing deep listening to life. I remember many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, I stumbled upon a book called You Already Know What to Do. And Based on the title, you probably already know what the book is about. It's really about intuition. It's about how we all have access to this information. It's always there. It's just about learning to tap into it and pay attention and, again, practice deep listening. So again, we all have it. It's more developed in some, but it's in everyone. And here's why some people maybe have a little bit more of a developed intuition than others. Life, and I'm going to use the word life to talk about God, great spirit, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to refer to this as life. When life communicates with us, it's not necessarily going to scream in our ear. It's usually a soft whisper. It's a very soft, subtle voice or a thought or a sense that we get. And if we're not capable of practicing deep listening, if we are keeping ourselves so busy and our minds are racing from one thing to the next, there's no space where that information can come through. So 
this is one of the reasons meditation can be helpful because meditation helps us to create more space between our thoughts. And the more space we're able to create, the more receptive we're able to be. We're able to practice deeper listening. Because until we create that space, our thoughts are filling every crease and crevice of our minds. There's no room for anything else. So intuitive listening, intuitive sensing gets crowded out by a whole lot of thinking. Practicing deep listening means creating space, creating space in your life so that you're not so busy that there's no time to stop and breathe and check in with yourself, but also creating space in your mind, creating space between your thoughts, taking time to empty your mind, clear your head, get quiet for a while. We live in a society where a whole lot of emphasis is put on doing. And we feel, a lot of people feel, that they're not worth anything, that they don't have any value unless they're producing all the time. And that doing mentality, that drive to keep doing and stay busy and produce, keeps us from being capable of slowing down, relaxing getting quiet, creating space in our minds and in our lives, and just being for a while. So the first way, the, probably the best way to strengthen your intuition is to practice deep listening. In all the ways I just mentioned, create space in your life and in your mind, quiet your mind, maybe cultivate a meditation practice, and learn to hear life's soft whisper. Start listening on a much deeper level. It's really about starting to pay attention to how life is communicating with you. And that's actually number two. The second way to strengthen your intuition is to pay attention to how life communicates with you. Some people have an intuitive seeing or clairvoyance. Sometimes they see something. That happens sometimes where I actually can see the way something's going to play out as if I'm watching a movie in fast forward. Other people have more of an intuitive hearing, which is called clairaudient. So they may hear something as if somebody's speaking to them, or it's as if life is whispering in their ear and they actually hear something. Some people have more of an intuitive feeling, which is also known as clairsentient, which basically means they feel it in their bodies. There's some sort of sensation in their body that lets them know something's off or something's right or something's about to happen. There's also intuitive taste and intuitive smell. These are much less common Chances are what happens is at times you might actually see something in your mind. At other times you might feel like life is whispering in your ear. At other times you might feel something in your body or an interesting combination of all of those things. And it's different for everybody. For me, probably the most predominant one is the intuitive feeling, that feeling in my body that 
something is right, something is wrong, something's about to happen. But again, at times I see things very, very clearly as if I can see exactly how it's going to happen. If something doesn't change, this is exactly how this scenario is going to play out. I think I have also experienced the intuitive hearing. There have been times when I've been doing something and all of a sudden it was as if I could hear my mother's voice very clearly say, Erica, like she was trying to get my attention. And whenever that happens, I stop whatever I'm doing and I pick up the phone and I call. That doesn't happen very often, but I've learned to trust my intuition over the years. Everything happens for a reason. And if I'm seeing something or if I'm feeling something or if I'm hearing something, there's probably a reason for it. The third way to strengthen your intuition is to learn to trust the messages that you receive. What tends to happen for a lot of people is they get these intuitive senses. They get this intuitive message, however it comes to them. But then they second guess it. Their thinking mind comes in and says, oh, that's silly, or it rationalizes it away. I've had experiences with this in my life. I remember about 10 years ago, a friend of mine introduced me to somebody and just raved about this person. This just person is great. He's so amazing. You're going to love him. You really need to meet him. You guys have so much in common. You're going to be a great match. I was single. I was very curious to meet this person that she raved about. But the most interesting thing happened when I met him. Immediately, all of these bells and whistles went off. Like every single warning system in my body was communicating with me that this is a no tread zone. Do not go there. It was very loud and it was, um, it was honestly, it was really unignorable. There was no way that I could really ignore those messages. However, I started to second guess the way that I was feeling because he was very charismatic. He said all the right things. And everybody that I knew who knew him just absolutely raved about him. So I started thinking, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not seeing what everybody else is seeing? He's supposed to be this incredible guy. So why do I have all of these bells and whistles going off? Why are all of these warning signs saying, don't go there, stay away, it's run in the opposite direction? So I overrode my intuition. I, even though it was unignorable, I second guessed it and I kind of pushed it aside and said, well, let's see what happens. And what ended up happening was actually a very painful situation that kind of left a scar for years to come. I learned a lot from it. I don't have any regrets, but it was avoidable. And it was one of the biggest lessons in my life. I'm going to share a couple of others, but it was one of the biggest lessons in my life about learning to trust my intuition. It's not necessarily that he was a bad guy. He just wasn't a good match for me. Like we weren't a good fit. My intuition was trying to tell me that I could avoid a year and a half of discomfort and pain and struggle that was completely avoidable and unnecessary. I second guessed and I didn't listen to it. I have had other experiences where 
I looked at a picture or was given a job offer. And suddenly, it was as if I could see the whole story played out, like the entire relationship, the entire job played out as if it was sped up in fast forward motion. And in those situations, sometimes I've listened, sometimes I haven't. Almost every time I've ignored my intuition, I've regretted it, or at least wished I had paid closer attention and that I trusted my intuition more. A few years ago, a dear friend of mine took me to a psychic development class that she had been going to for a while. And one of the main reasons that she recommended I go to this psychic development class is because it really was all about learning to trust your intuition, trust whatever messages were coming through, whether you saw a color or had a feeling in your body, or maybe a word flashed in your mind, whatever it was, it was all about trusting and not second-guessing yourself. When I took that class, there were two exercises we did that night. The first exercise, I was paired up with a total stranger, somebody I had never met before, and we were given a card, kind of like a tarot card, but the card had five words on it. And basically, you pulled a card from the deck, and you looked at those five words, and you just paid attention to whatever came up for you when you were looking at those words and when you were considering this person that was sitting across from you. I remember looking at those five words and kind of pretty quickly putting the card away because I, I felt like it was a distraction, like it was making me think more than I wanted to and I wanted to kind of tap more into my intuition. But those words did work their way in. And I remember closing my eyes and checking in with myself. And I was just whatever came up, whatever I thought, whatever I felt, whatever I saw, whatever I heard, I was just going to share it with her without censoring myself, without analyzing it, without trying to figure out what it meant first. So I remember closing my eyes and this sense that I got was that she was considering some sort of a big project, kind of a big move. And she was having some doubts about whether or not to make this move. And somebody else was involved and she felt like she needed this other person, but she couldn't quite figure out if she could count on this other person. She couldn't tell if they were going to follow through, if they were going to show up and be the partner she needed them to be. And that because of the fear she had and the, and the um, lack of clarity she had with regards to what this other person was doing, She was kind of in this holding pattern, waiting to move forward. And the intuitive sense that I got, the message that came through that I just shared was that this person likely was not going to show up for what she wanted to do. And that one of the things that life was asking her to do was cultivate those areas of herself that she felt were not strong enough, that she felt she needed this other person for in order to be able to move forward and do this thing she wanted to do. When I shared the things that were coming up for me, she kept nodding her head and saying, yes, yes, I've been thinking about starting a business and I've been wanting to start this business with this other person and she seems kind of noncommittal, like she's not quite ready to move forward and I can't tell if she's going to move forward and I'm afraid that I don't know how to do everything that needs to be done by myself. And it was, it was fascinating. It was a fascinating conversation to be had when 
I had never met this woman before and had no idea what it was she was considering. That was mind blowing for me to realize so much information was coming through me about this total stranger sitting across from me. All I had to do was empty my mind and open myself up and practice deep listening and share what was coming through. Fascinating, such an empowering lesson for me. The next lesson that we did the exact same night, we were paired up with somebody else. And the instructions for this exercise were that the person that I was supposed to read was going to pick somebody in her life that she wanted me to read. So now I wasn't even reading her. I was reading somebody in her life. And so the person I was working with said, okay, this will be fun. I want to have you read my mother. Talk about twice removed, right? So I did the same thing. I closed my eyes. I quieted my mind. I took a couple of deep breaths and I checked in with myself. And suddenly I started getting images. Like I saw a picture of what I imagine her mother to look like. I saw where she was standing. I got a sense of who she was. I got a sense of her heart and how people around her felt about her. I got a sense of the things that she was interested in. And every time I got a sense, every time I got some image or feeling, I would share what was coming up for me. And the person across from me would just nod her head and say, yep, yep, that's pretty accurate. And then I remember closing my eyes and for whatever reason, something told me to ask the question, is she a Virgo? And she said, actually, yes, she is. I have no idea where that came from. I have no idea where that information came from or why I was inspired to say it or ask that question. But there it was. So that night in that psychic development class, those two exercises helped me realize how much information we actually have access to. If we learn to listen, pay attention to the different ways that life communicates with us, and trust the messages that we receive. The next way to strengthen your intuition, so this is number four, is to learn to recognize the difference between intellect and intelligence to recognize the difference between what is our ego, our rational thinking mind, versus our intuition. It's kind of this deeper sense, this deeper knowing, this deeper wisdom that we have access to. And it takes some practice to learn to recognize the difference between the two. The ego tends to be more fear-based. It's more of a survival instinct, whereas intuition is more of this deeper sense. It's almost as if we're tapping into a much deeper wisdom, a deeper intelligence. So the difference between our intellect, our rational thinking mind, and this deeper wisdom or intelligence, it's learning to recognize the difference between the two. So I want to tell you a story which might help to illustrate what I mean here. Some of you know my story. About 20 years ago, I was working in the corporate world. I was really unhappy, but I had a good job with great benefits and room for advancement. I had just graduated from college. I had student loans becoming due. 
I had done all the work that I needed to do and I was set. The foundation was laid and I was ready to start moving forward, progressing, getting promoted, making more money. And yet, I wasn't happy. It just, it didn't feel right. I felt like I was out of position. And so I took a job offer at a shelter for homeless families where I was giving up most of the benefits and taking a pretty significant cut in pay, like at least 10 grand a year cut in pay. And I had all those student loans coming due. So to the rational mind, this didn't make any sense. In fact, I remember having a conversation with my father and he said, Erica, it doesn't make any sense. You just graduated from college. You're supposed to be moving up. And I didn't really have a rational explanation. All I could say was, you know, I know it doesn't make any sense. All I know is I have to do something different. And this just feels right. It just feels like something I need to do. I couldn't explain it any other way. And luckily for my dad, that was a good enough answer. He was able to understand that and accept that as, okay, I hope it's a good move for you. But the point is, our rational thinking mind thinks differently. It operates differently from our intuition and from this deeper wisdom that we can tap into. Which brings me to number five. The fifth way to strengthen your intuition is to learn to tap in to universal consciousness. One of the teachings, one of the lessons of A Course in Miracles says, all minds are joined. The way Marianne Williamson puts it is, she says if you go deep enough into your own inner mind, there's a place, there's a level upon which all minds are joined. And that's what I'm talking about here. Tapping into the universal one mind, that place, that, that aspect of ourselves where we are all connected and unified. When I went through my hypnotherapy training, this made even more sense to me. We were taught about the conscious mind, which is kind of that rational, critical, analytical thinking mind, which is where most of us probably operate most of the time. Beyond the conscious mind is the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is the emotional mind. It's the creative mind. It's the aspect of the mind, of ourselves, that handles all of our involuntary behaviors, all of our involuntary actions of the body, and all of our habits. It stores all of our memories, all of our beliefs, all of our experience. The subconscious mind is incredibly powerful and incredibly creative. It's more powerful than the conscious mind, and it's, like I said, it's the emotional mind. It's the creative mind. So it's the part of the mind that we want to be able to tap into when we are wanting to create something in our lives. We want to get the subconscious mind on board. But if we go a level deeper, a level deeper than the subconscious mind is the superconscious mind. And that's that universal one mind. That's that cosmic consciousness. That's that level upon which all minds are joined. It's absolute truth, absolute reality. It goes beyond construct, beyond ideas about things, beyond the drama. It is a place of pure consciousness. That's 
what I'm talking about. Being able to tap into that superconscious mind, that cosmic consciousness, that universal one mind, whatever you want to call it. Some people will call it tapping into source energy, but it's that ability to tap into that place where everything is known. So aboriginals, this is how they function. When aboriginals go on walkabout, they don't all separate and say, okay, in six months at this time in this place, we're all going to come back together. That's not how it works. They go off, they do their thing, they go on their walkabout, and then they slowly somehow around the same time in the same place, they start to come back together. They find their way back together as a tribe. This is how it's been described and explained to me. I have a story, another story that I want to share, a personal example of this at work in my own life. At least this is what I attribute this to. I was at a baby shower many years ago. Again, it was maybe almost 20 years ago. And it was right around the time that I was really starting to learn about all of this, about the universal one mind and tapping into this cosmic consciousness. And I was meditating for the first time in my life. So it was kind of this new awareness that I was sinking my teeth into. So I'm at this baby shower. And as is often the case, we were playing all kinds of different games, memory games and things like that. And for whatever reason, I was incredibly on that day. Like I won like three games in a row. And it was, call it an incredible case of beginner's luck. But for whatever reason, I was in the zone. Then the last game that the host brought out to play was this big jar of peanut M&Ms. Those of you who have read my book or have been through any of my workshops, you've heard me tell the story because it was such a big moment in my life. Like it was a huge lesson for me that really stuck with me. So anyway, the host comes out with this big jar of peanut M&Ms and she says, okay, whoever guesses closest to the accurate number of M&Ms in this jar gets to keep the jar of M&Ms. Now, I was instantly motivated being a lover of M&Ms at the time. So I closed my eyes and I thought, okay, Erica, you know you have access to this information. And in that moment, it was me deciding I wasn't going to try to think my way to the answer and I wasn't going to just randomly pick a number out of thin air. It was me recognizing this information is out there. Tap into it. Be receptive. Let it come to you. So I closed my eyes and I said again, okay, Erica, you know you have access to this information. And suddenly, in my mind, it was as if I saw the number 364, like it was written on a chalkboard. And so I didn't question it. I started to write it down. I wrote down the three. I wrote down the six. And just before I wrote down the four, the host said, made a general statement basically to the whole room. She said, okay, whatever number you're thinking, it's probably more than that. So think higher. So with that, I second-guessed myself. I crossed out the number and I just picked a random number out of thin air. Do you know there were exactly 364 M&Ms in that jar? That was the number she said. I was blown away. In fact, I said, oh my God, 
I started to write that down. Look, and I, I didn't even care about the M&Ms at that point. I was just so blown away that, that I had had that experience. And I showed them that I had the three and that I had the six. But before I wrote down the four, I crossed out the number. And of course, they all looked at me like, okay, Erica, whatever, because I had already won three games and maybe they thought I was being a sore loser. I don't know what the reason was, but it didn't even matter to me at that point. I was, I was kind of blown away by the fact that I asked for that information. I opened myself up to it and it was there. And so if you think about this whole concept of the universal one mind or that cosmic consciousness, then it would stand to reason that if that information existed in anyone's mind in that room, that I had the ability to tap into it. I just had to allow myself to be open and receptive to it. I remember driving away that day, kind of in awe of this, just of this concept, of this reality, of this truth that we are incredibly intuitive beings. We are incredibly tuned in and tapped in to this greater wisdom that we just haven't really been taught about. We haven't been told much about it. We haven't been encouraged to cultivate this aspect of ourselves, but it exists in every single one of us. Number six, cultivate empathy. It could be said that empathy begins with intuition and intuition begins with empathy. They both involve the ability to feel or sense what is happening around us and within other people. If we're judgmental, if we think in terms of black and white, if we leave very little room for gray, then it's not very likely we're going to be receptive to that soft voice of life. And even if we could hear it, our egos wouldn't let us respect it, preferring instead to control, dominate, and muscle our way through an experience rather than practice deep, receptive listening. So empathy, compassion, the ability to feel life, other people and other sentient beings, the ability to feel and sense life makes us more intuitive. So there is a connection between empathy and intuition. If you want to cultivate your intuition, cultivate your empathy. Cultivate your ability to feel empathy. I'm not going to say a whole lot more than that. My yoga teacher training is called Empath Yoga. Clearly, this is something I feel strongly about, a very heart-centered, intuitive connection to life and to other people. And if you want to know more about that, you're going to be hearing about that from me and everything that I do and everything that I teach. So stay tuned. But I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Cultivate empathy. Number seven, trust that life is always communicating with you. One of my favorite mantras to work with is, I trust and let go into the flow of life. I trust and let go into the flow of life. Because this gets me out of my head. 
out of the part of myself that wants to control everything and manage and manipulate everything. And instead, it is a reminder to let go and trust life, to be receptive to life, to pay attention to life's gentle nudges. Because resisting and trying to control things makes us not very receptive. This is a great way, this mantra, I trust and let go into the flow of life. It's a great way to open up your channel to make you more receptive. It's like taking the kinks out of your antenna so that you have a more accurate read on things. Some other ways to open up your channel are practicing yoga because yoga helps us release tension and holding patterns and stuck energy that gets in our bodies, in our muscles, our organs, our joints, our spines. Yoga is a wonderful way to open up our channel. And of course, meditation. I've already mentioned that. When we meditate, we are creating more and more space between our thoughts. Meditation is an opportunity to empty our minds, to let the thoughts begin to settle and let our minds kind of smooth out a bit. So yoga and meditation and creativity. Finding a creative outlet in our lives helps energy flow through us rather than getting stuck. The more creative we are, the clearer we are. The clearer we are, the more intuitive we are. So whatever your creative outlet is, maybe it's painting, drawing, writing, gardening, cooking, whatever it is for you. And maybe there's more than one creative outlet that you have. And if that's the case, awesome. That's great for you. But having a creative outlet is one of the ways that we keep our energy flowing we keep our channels open, and we stay in the flow of life. So remember, trust that life is always communicating with you. I trust and let go into the flow of life. This podcast is brought to you by Empath Yoga. The 200-hour Empath Yoga lifestyle training is for those who want to teach yoga or simply make yoga a more integral part of their daily lives. Learn more at empathyoga.com. Number eight, pay attention to the signs. Pay attention to your dreams. If a dream is coming through, keep a notebook next to the bed. Notice your dreams. What kinds of messages are coming through to you in your dreams? Sometimes those messages are literal, like somebody comes to us and gives us a very clear message in a dream. Sometimes it's more symbolic. But start paying attention. Notice your dreams. Notice little patterns that show up in your life. Does the same thing keep showing up? Do you keep hearing the same message or a similar message, but coming from different people in different directions? Do you have recurring thoughts that keep coming up over and over again? Nagging feelings that don't go away. Pay attention to these things. This is life talking to you. That's the soft whisper I'm talking about. It's not going to scream in your ear. It's going to find other 
subtle ways of communicating with you through your thoughts, through your feelings, through your dreams, by seemingly chance encounters that come your way. Something that keeps showing up. Just notice, just notice that's paying attention. That's the practice of deep listening. Number nine, recognize the difference between resonance and dissonance. When something resonates, that means there's an alignment that's taking place. So where do you feel it when something feels right in your body? Do you feel it in your chest, in your stomach? And what does it feel like? Do you get a peaceful, expansive feeling? Or do you get a sinking or contracting feeling? If something feels expansive, that may be your intuition telling you that something resonates on a deep level. If you get a sinking or contracting feeling, that may be a feeling that something is off or wrong about a situation. That's more of a dissonance, right? Things are not lining up. Things are not really matching in a healthy way. Learn to recognize the difference between resonance and dissonance. And there's something I want to mention here about the intelligence in our cells. We are intelligent beings all the way down on a cellular level. Our cells have an intelligence of their own. It's a complete ecosystem going on in there. Our bodies know how to adapt and change to the environment. So there is an intelligence in us on a cellular level. And so if our body is communicating with us saying this doesn't feel right or this does feel right, that's coming from intelligence on a cellular level, right? Like that's another way to look at things. My body, my cells are communicating with me here. Am I listening? Am I paying attention? Another way to recognize the difference between resonance and dissonance is Intuition brings clarity and confidence, whereas the ego tends to bring fear and uncertainty and an attempt to manage that fear and uncertainty by controlling our environment or other people. So if it's bringing you a sense of fear and uncertainty and you're feeling this desire to control things, that's probably your ego talking. If it brings a sense of clarity and confidence, that's probably your intuition talking. And one will bring a sense of resonance. Everything is a match here. This feels right. The other one is a feeling of dissonance. Something's out of alignment here. Something does not feel right. Something else I want to mention here is when you don't listen to your intuition, you may actually cause more stress in your life, which can lead to illness and anxiety. Physical signs like having anxiety or being sick may slowly creep into your life because your intuition is trying to tell you you need a change. So pay attention. If a situation is making you sick or if you're having some anxiety around something, what is trying to get your attention that you're not listening to. In this way, anxiety can actually be seen as a gift because it's trying to tell you something's off here, something's wrong here. 
Anxiety is probably the perfect way to describe dissonance, right? Something's not matching up. Something's not feeling right. And on a cellular level, your body's communicating that to you. Okay, moving on. Number 10. Notice the times that you don't listen and what happens and what that feels like. And notice the times that you do listen to your intuition and what that feels like and notice what happens. Start noticing. Keep a journal. One thing you might want to think about and maybe even journal about is when was one time you ignored your intuition and what happened? Did you regret not listening? Did you learn from that experience? And when was one time you did listen to your intuition? And what happened? Were you glad you did? And what did you learn from that experience? So check in with yourself. I would bet money that you've had some experiences with intuition already. Sometimes you listened, maybe sometimes you didn't. And you can learn something from both of those experiences. So just as a quick review, 10 ways to strengthen your intuition. Number one, practice deep listening. Number two, pay attention to how life communicates with you. It might be different for you than it is for other people. Number three, trust the messages you receive. Try not to second guess yourself. Number four, recognize the difference between intellect and intelligence. Number five, tap into cosmic consciousness or the universal one mind. Recognize that there is a level upon which all minds are joined. Number six, cultivate empathy. There's a strong connection between empathy and intuition. Number seven, trust that life is always communicating with you. Eight, pay attention to the signs. Start noticing. Nine, recognize the difference between resonance and dissonance. Does something make you feel expansive or does it make you contract? Does something feel good? Or does something feel out of alignment for you? And number 10, notice the times that you didn't listen and the times that you did listen. What can you learn from those experiences? By cultivating our intuition, not only do we feel closer to spirit, God, life, whatever you want to call that energy, but we are more at peace because we know we're not alone, that we're always being offered guidance and direction. And it makes decision-making a whole lot easier. But it does require making that subtle shift from the rational thinking mind to that intuitive, energetic part of ourselves that communicates with us in a very different way. I hope this has been helpful. Until next time, practice deep listening and remember that mantra, I trust and let go 
into the flow of life. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Always Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by giving me a five-star rating and help our ranking so we can reach more people who might be inspired by our message. Until next time, remember, our lives are a product of the choices that we make. Choose wisely. Choose wisely.